welcome to the sanctuary a safe space to speak from the heart i'm your host israel and my guest today is my friend filmmaker writer director producer um just all around awesome person and an advocate for women in filmmaking my friend ploy naruman shingham thanks for coming to the sanctuary today hello thanks for having me and hello everyone Yo, so we met uh, at Berlin at the EFM uh, Fiction Toolbox. So I think that's a great place to actually start. How was the experience of the Fiction Toolbox for you? Um, I was in Toolbox program for two years now as as uh, our group. like It's like a lifelong uh, membership. So you can join every year if you want. So I, I was in the Toolbox online for the last year and then physical uh, experience this year. That's why, that's where we met. I think two box program is really helpful program where they put like professionals together um, for experienced filmmakers. So then you really learn about the industry and really connect to uh, industry people for real, and then make your project come true. They also give advice and help you, you know, make your project stronger. Right. Yeah, no, true. I think the other thing that stood out for me is because, you know, it's, it's part of the EFM mm. and you can try to get meetings with those people. But I love that they put us in this room and then they brought those people to come and meet us, which was amazing. Yes, you know? yes. I think it's quite productive to do that way. So you get to know who it's, uh, you know, um, the person to talk to for these festivals or these uh, fund fundings. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and um, it's good finding out new funds that can help programs because, like, we have ideas as filmmakers, but those ideas are not going to happen without some kind of funding. So talking about that, let's go way back. How did you even get into filmmaking? Um, I studied journalism back in... Uh, I, I finished university around 2002, which is like 20 years ago, we talk about when the world shifted from analog to digital. So it's quite big changing yeah. for a, a person who, who chose media as a career path. And um, I studied journalism because back then in the university in Thailand, in, in my university, basically that year, there wasn't many girls that went to filmmaking uh, major. And that was my dream to walk in the boys club and study with them, right? Like, it's, I love filmmaking so much, but I was like, oh, I, I will have no friends, you know? But um, uh, when I was in university, oh, no, sorry. But when I was in high school or my whole life, actually writing or reading was my hobbies. And I continue developing that skill without knowing that um, it's going to be my career in the future. And my teacher saw that talent and then always took me onto the speech uh, competitions or writing competition or reading competition. And I love both literature and poems as well. So that I think it uh, made me to become a natural um, communicator, I think. And then when I finished university, I didn't want to work as a journalist because... But then it feels like um, there's no such a real journalism in my country. It's uh, influenced by um, political and, and or the higher power or the investors, you know. So I feel like oh, we can't really report things like, you know, straight away or ask for 
justice or com um uh complain about things or discuss about things. Yeah. So I use that time to uh work in the TV program instead, and also learning about filming by doing you know like volunteering or working cheap in the film production. And also start working in a different kind of production, such as a uh, commercial or uh, theater films or um, corporate films, as well as uh, NGO films. So that uh, make me understanding the nature of different types of uh, filmmaking. I think, yeah. And then, mm. and then uh, my yeah. brother he started a production company. That's where I came. Back home and work with my family production like twelve years ago. So you said back home. Yeah. Like, did you go to university in a different? No, city? I, I um after university, I went to live in other country, like the neighboring countries, stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, that's what you did, like the TV program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my that's oh, my okay, adventure okay, okay. there. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I said you're an adventurer. So, um, let's talk a little bit about you know uh, your experience in university. Mm. You said there were not women, uh, many women in the film department. Mm. Why do you think that's that mm. happened, or and has that changed mm. since then? I think it's because of uh, technical skills that involve. Back then, we need to really have skills, like photography skill at least, or the camera skill. And the boys seem to be better with those skills than us. And female, especially in in my country, was expect to do something else, <laughs> like secretary oh. or um, uh, academic people or doctors or teachers. That's more like careers that suit well with the female. You know abilities. I think it is our belief, but now we see more of female filmmakers coming, and lots of filmmakers in the in the industry too, which is I, I really love it. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so you came back home, <clears throat> worked with your brother on his mm. productions. What What are some of the things you did there, and what was the next step for mm. you? So, uh, when I went back to work with my brother, because it's our uh, business, so then you learn from every angle of production uh, business, from finance, from you know, like a uh, uh, writing script, from uh, filming until editing, everything. You see the whole process, and with learning from my brother, then now I feel like, oh, I want to have my own production because they do mostly commercial and music video. It's fun, but for me, I want to do something that is my interest and I'm good at doing, which is I, I always good at documentary since I was in university. And then I have my first gig coming and that was a project to celebrate the ASEAN community by making a documentary films from 10 countries in the ASEAN community. Yeah, so I... Which, which were some of these 10 countries? Sorry? Which were some of the 10 countries? Oh, um, it's from Southeast Asian countries. Yeah, so oh. so um, they want us to do one series together to celebrate Southeast Asian community by uh, giving us, okay, let's talk about the rice culture, which is something that we share as a 
you know, bonding uh, culture or something that we have the similarity to. So each country mm-hmm. talk about their rice production at the time. We talk about uh, the story from 2012. That's my first my first gig. <laughs> After that documentary, and it went so well that it won award in the the celebration as well. So I I decided right away that okay, I'm gonna take this path by making my own uh, doc. Oh no, no, sorry. By making my own company and focusing on oh. what I can do well. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. I mean, it's great because like the first film you made yeah. won awards. Yeah. That must have been a surreal experience. Yeah. How did that feel for you? Um, it's so encouraging because it was the first time for sure. But um, I used to do, you know, some kind of music documentaries with my my brother, and I I do this one. I I didn't do it alone. It was with my my brother's help as well to, you know, kind of shape uh, the filmmaking ways. And also, I have a sister in law who is a journalist, the former journalist. So we kind of help each other. But after it went well, it's kind of like okay, now I believe that. I can do it. You know, it, it's really mm. encouraging. Yeah. Wow. Um, let's jump a little bit forward and talk about the film that you came to EFM with. And you talk about slavery in the fish fishing mm. um, industry mm. in Thailand. Mm. Want to talk a little bit more about that project? Mm. So I brought to Berlin uh, the project called Modern Day Slavery. It's or a part of a series called Open Secrets from Wise, which is we did it during 2020. And uh, this episode is from Thailand. It's an investigation into human trafficking and labor abuse in Thailand's fishing industry. Yeah. So... How did, uh, how did the project come about? Um, we... Um... We try to find angle that is good for for this story at this time to tell, right? Because it's it's an ongoing issue. That's why we call it an open secret. It's been ongoing mm. issue for like more than a decade. There's a few times that wow. uh, some article or some documentaries cover this story, but nothing changed. A little change, but nothing changed. So we think which angle that we should tackle this this issue to make the most impact or, or uh, the powerful, you know, changing perspective for viewers. So we think, okay, mm. um, those big global companies really have their own power to choose where their production is, is coming from, right? So then we, we, mm. um, we make the documentary where it asks questions to consumers, you know, to raise question about where your seafood is coming um, from. It, it, is yeah. it a human, is it a labor exploitation? Is it ethical? Is it environment uh, tree friendly? Or is it sustainable? Mm, mm, mm. By, by telling them the truth behind what, uh, behind the fishing industry, which is really horror story. Yeah. Mm. Because essentially, people just buy the fish. They might not mm, know where mm. or how the fish is being produced. Mm, mm. And the, the story was so successful. It went through so many distributors, but by wise though. But for the feedback that I saw from the person and the team who did that, 
we saw that in America, we saw people saw this documentary because it was on YouTube too. So we saw 600,000 people in the U.S. But with Wise Asia, we, we now, it's about to reach a million viewers this month within wow. less than one wow. year. And I, I wow. saw the follow-up article about this story again. And it really made me, maybe it's just my thinking, but it's kind of like this, they learn from the latest re- report from us and then they write more articles. And I feel like, wow, this really made an impact, you know? Yeah, it gains a lot of attention. Yeah. I think that's one thing that we get to do as filmmakers, right? Mm. We inspire change in people. Mm. And but also like that is a difficult story to tackle. Why did you decide to choose that story? Mm. Um maybe my my interest and, and now I could call it my specialized is <laughs> kind of human stories. Um, also social issues in a way and I half of my work apart from making documentaries I also work for um, humanitarian uh, organizations as well which is like doing the, uh, the short docs for them uh, for for you know labor exploitation for human rights for wildlife trafficking human trafficking all kind of story that affect uh, Southeast Asia so I mm. think by nature, I, I kind of do that kind of story, you know. There's a sensitive story <laughs> to talk about. Lots of them to talk about in Thailand anyway, but not many people mm. do it, <laughs> I think. No, that's true. <laughs> and uh, talking about sensitive, which you just mentioned yeah. now, um, one of the projects you also talked about at, at the Fiction Toolbox was basically this personal story to you. Yeah. Do you want to share that? Yeah, um, yeah sure. Let, let me put it together like and to answer your question as well that why I choose to do sensitive story right I think somehow apart from who I am I want to see the better change in the future and the only thing that I can do is by doing stories I'm a mother as well and and I grew my kids up and how can I not contribute something for the kids' future, you know. It's part of their lives. Mm. So if I can, if I can do anything by able to use my skills to to ask questions or or to talk about something and not really make lots of problems for people, but make an impact instead. So why not? Yeah. And mm. the other story as well. Um, it was a passport forger that uh, were were operated in Thailand and he was he's an Iranian and he was arrested in Thailand by giving up his career because nobody can really catch him it almost like catch me if you can you know back then in 2018 (laughs) and I interviewed him in jail yeah those kind of stories so I think my interest is I I like the story that is uh um have a strong character driven, I think. And also the story matters from the, the um, nowadays situations most of the time globally, not just in Thailand. It's mm. probably happened in Thailand, but it's already like a universal story. Yeah. Mm, mm. And this uh, story that you shared at EFM, mm. that's personal mm. to you? So come to this latest uh, story that I share. It's my personal story. Um, before I always tell other people's story, 
And this time I saw my story can be potential uh, to tell for the good story too, you know. So when I was diagnosed with cancer back in 2020, I I was so uh, lost. And because we lost, I lost, um, because I lost my femininity by the side effects of the chemo, I lost all my hair and I wasn't, I wasn't sick. I was diagnosed by discovered a stage two lymphoma by accident. And um, after you discover that you have to go to the treatment process. So I became a sick person. It's like plug off the reality. And I was assigned a contract to do the uh, modern day slavery fishing in a, in a Thai fishing industry as well. So it was like, what am I going to do, you know? So um, I, I decided to put the camera on myself and to explore um, my journey and also to, to find information, to find answers for myself, to explore what's, mm. what's uh, uh, healthcare in Thailand have, you know, something like that. And also, this is kind of a female project. I also always want to do the female project. And this one is the best one that I can do because I am female and I am also collaborating with other female. We are, we are doing a, a photography campaign called The Mirror Project inside the documentary. So the mission is that I'm going to go out and then work with the female photographers and female patients who create a picture or arts to be the space for people to come and, and learn about each other, connect to each other and give patients empathy and things like that. And, and yeah, that that's quite something that I'm exciting to do now. Yeah. You know, one thing as a filmmaker, and you've been making film for years and years, yeah. but as you mentioned, you've been shooting other people, turning the camera on yourself to me, I don't think I'd ever be able to do that. It just seems so scary. Like, was this scary to you at all? And how did you overcome that fear where you are making this project? Being behind camera and being in front of the camera is something totally different. And it's very scary, mm-hmm. that's for sure. Did you did you um, do uh, feature films as well? Mm-hmm. Oh, feature Fe- films, film. yeah. yeah. Well, like I'm not... shots? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm 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 doing mostly shorts, but I'm currently working on a feature. Hopefully soon. Yeah. yeah. When I I direct a lot of shots as well, and most of the time when you were behind the camera, you so you know like tell people what to do. <laughs> you when you are in front of the camera, so oh, what am I going to do? That kind mm-hmm. of stuff. I get I overcome by I think by often being on it. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And uh, also the, the nature of how I develop this story is kind of because it's a, it's a story of the filmmaker. So behind the scenes is part of the story. So it mm. almost like my friend carrying camera and just talk to me. And sometimes we get to hear a person who I'll get to see a person behind the camera as well. Or even, you know, the mm. music creator, the artist, everyone. It just kind of became like 360 films. In a way, mm, mm. so when when I'm okay. in front of my friend, I'm like, oh, okay, we're just talking, yeah. <laughs> so, 
Um, is our project done? What stage is the project now? It's still at the development project, but um, uh, it's still at the development process. But I have my footage where I film myself or my friend filmed me when I was sick. So the story right now, as I am doing this uh, photography campaign and try to work with other artists and patients, we... Mm. We are going to film this more, but we are going to cut it with the parts as a flashback as well. So the, the narrative of the story is not linear, but also we call it a mm. hybrid documentary because it's kind of inside out. And also it's very abstract in a way where you explain that, that uh, inner feelings, right? And that also good to create something artistic to explain that. You know, I think, I think it's great. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Hybrid. Yeah. And why did you decide to call the photography project in your film, uh, the mirror project? The mirror project, right? Um, because I think there's a mirror effect in, in the cancer experience in, for Thai women. Like you look back and you see other person almost like the same as what you've been through for me. And I see, yeah, we can connect when we, when we talk about we, what we've been through, our reaction through uh, our journey, especially as a, you know, femininity and motherhood, womanhood, almost the same. So I think, okay, Mirror Project is a really cool name to do that. It also, as a tool or the sofa more to really reflect back to our society. Like uh, when it's like when the, when the female gets sick, you know, and then, and then they can't really provide for the family or can't really work or can't really be the same person that they were before. So we reflect that experience back. Yeah. Oh. Um, I mean, I think like the fact that you're working on this thing, that's a personal story. Do you feel that made it easier for the other women that are part of this project to trust you and open up mm. and share their own stories? Mm. The nature of this project is really important to put female together because it's quite sensitive when we talk about female body and stuff, especially when they are very vulnerable. So to have female photographer or female uh, cinematographer on, on board, it's kind of like make the environment friendly for the female to open up to their sensitive mm. experience and, and also their, their body. But um, mm. also I think it's great in a way that I kind of want to find some project where we can really put female perspective on film um, because the, the very small community of female filmmakers also create the different, oh no, um, also create very small uh, perspective uh, amount compared to the amount of the number of films. So to be able to reflect this female perspective on film, which is kind of like the female story as well, I think it's quite special. And I, I want this I film so, to yeah. also encourage um, the, the younger filmmaker who is coming up. Yeah. Mm, yeah, no, I, I think so too. Um, you know, you make all this personal, all this uh, powerful and in some cases, scary projects. Mm. What are things that you do, I guess, to take care of yourself when you're working on all these projects? Mm. And some of them take years to complete, mm -hmm. you know? This is a really good question. I'm glad you asked this. Um, 
Yeah, we mostly never think about the person who who's behind the story. Most of the time, we think about the character and the stories, you know. And uh, with these kind of stories that I did all the time, it really affects on me. Like if it's kind of sensitive, uh, dangerous story, I was really, um, what is the word? Uh, paranoid, paranoid, fear for sure. When I was younger, it's even worse. Uh, when when I get older, I kind of like okay, it's okay to say this, and you learn about society, you learn about what's okay to say or not to say in this in this society, and then you have your confidence that uh, okay, it, it's fair to say, it's fair to do. But you you really um you really need to I don't know find positive thing to do think positive you know I mean sometimes the most difficult thing is your own thinking <laughs> 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 I think I don't know <laughs> yeah. yeah and also also um, kind of like watching yeah? films too I keep watching films too you know like. The fact that why are you doing this? It's it's because film really have the power to change people's thinking, to really entertain people, or really um, inspire people. So watching films constantly mm. also help me, you know, producing films better too. I think, yeah. Mm, mm. Wow. Um, okay. So one thing again, uh, as filmmakers, we we have like a project that's kind of at the forefront, but under we are like the dock and paddling and and working on other projects. Do you have other projects that you're also developing at the same time right now? Um, we have like a few projects really, but um, I think I I need to let this one becomes more solid, you know, because it's to take a lot out of me. Um, I have a few other mm. projects that we can develop later, which is if we did this one well, we might have uh, more of the investors on board. So now I'm not like going out to pitch that much. It's more like making real connection, building connection where you know who is kind of wanting this kind of story and then you go you go um, and talk to them. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Talking of pitching, I guess, mm. and, and finding funding, what is your approach to mm. that? Um, the way that filmmakers like you know and I know how we make an independent film is to to go to the market or go to the events and then we pitch. And then or we talk to uh, investors, sales agents, distributor to see if they like our stories. And then if they click, then, then they cooperate with us that's the deal but if um there's the other way to do the story as well it's for tv and streaming so sometimes they come to you with with the topic that they want you to to think about angle that you want to to pitch to them so if the angle that you pitch to them it's it's good for them so then they they commission your story like a couple of my stories before yeah mm. It's something you kind of just brushed on, but I, I'd like to talk a little bit more. Mm. You know, making <laughs> some of your stories are exposing things mm. that people might know are happening, but the people that are being exposed don't want to talk about. I, I, I know you said there's some paranoia and fear there, but how do you even navigate that? Mm. Um, 
I, I need more um, space recreation than that to answer. Like, okay. yeah, please, please ask me one more time. Okay, no, 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 totally. So I guess I'm asking essentially mm. when you're making stuff like the slavery, yeah. um, you are kind of exposing things of people that don't want to be exposed. So mm. there's some fear and some paranoia involved. Mm. How do you handle all those things when you are dealing with them? Okay, thanks. Um, the thing is that I think fairness, as a journalist as well, I think fairness in the story or the balance of the story is the most important thing. And most of the time I heard, the more I, I did the story, most of the time I heard people say, in my films, it's kind of right balance between either visual or journalism or different side of the story. So this is my belief. If I give uh, equal space for every partner to speak for themselves, I didn't speak for them. I give them space to speak for themselves. Maybe sometimes it's a debate, but it's good debate. But if you don't go out and, and speak, there must be something. There's some stories that I did that uh, some partner didn't even bother to, you know, to even give an interview. So it, it's kind mm. of telling you something. And then also you give the audience to, to think by themselves. You just give them information and tools and, you know, put people together. Yeah, that's how I navigate something that makes sense. Or I think, okay, this sounds this sounds like it's a uh, what is the word? It makes sense, you know, something that somebody said that it it makes sense to the story. So then I put it there. But mm. anyway, it's not just me behind the production. We work with so many journalists together sometimes, especially the modern day slavery. We work with the American team. We work with Asia team. We work with Singapore team. And we work with Thailand team. It's kind of like lots of uh, great journalists behind this project. Yeah. Uh, talking about teams that you work with, what is your process for choosing the people that you work with? Ah, um, that's a really good question. Uh, people means a what what your story is like what is it perfect for in my case it is in investigation and social issue right so basically if i think about tv i probably want to work with al jazeera or um, bbc or wise for example and in asia probably like some investigative channels right so that would be the best benefit for my story. So I will not be bothered mm. pitch to someone who won Apple, but I have some pair, you know? So mm. you just know where your story going to go. And then you talk to mm. them and then you see what is the budget that they have for you or what is your budget. And then you talk to them. If it's too small that you couldn't deliver the story where it fit the scale of the production or the, the hard working. So you... Even though they're nice, you can't make a good story, right? Yeah, so we, we talk to them if they're kind of like flexible to work with in every way. So I, I would choose that uh, team or that organization to work with, yeah. Mm. okay and then talking about budgeting as filmmakers we just want to go shoot the thing make the thing mm. edit it send it out to the world mm. but you need the funding you need to make sure the budget happens mm. and in your projects where you are the director and the writer and the producer mm. you also have to take care of the budget mm. how do you handle the budgeting mm. the producer 
normally the producer they will handle the the budget for the production, right? And basically, what they do, they kind of like look at the the production, look at the the sets, maybe look at the people, look at the travel, look at you know those kind of things. That, that's calculation that you have to learn. I can't really give it in detail. Maybe I need to make master class, but. <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Joking. Anyway, um, yeah. So that's how we handle budget. If it travels a lot, it seems like yeah, your budget need to be high for sure. If it mm, involves traveling yeah. to other country, for example, yeah, and then and then who who's on set? You know, do you need to pay them, or pay the mm. venue, or pay for the you know like a fee mm. for uh locations let's say yeah mm. okay no no that's awesome okay i i know that i'm keeping you up and we have this crazy time difference yeah so i, I want to leave you with this question something that is really important to you yeah. is encouraging females women in filmmaking mm. um and i'm i'm i mean apart from the fact that you're a woman yourself mm. but what are some other reasons that mm. that is important to you mm-hmm. Um, the whole story that I tell, I think it's it's story about hope and belief, and not to not to believe and not to believe. Belief is believe in yourself. Not to believe is mm-hmm. not to believe that when the society say you are a woman, you can't be a director, you can't make your own film. It's very strong when mm. I was like 20 years old, you know, back then we talk about like 2000, uh, 2002. And then I, when I went to volunteer at my friend's film, the whole, the whole film crew, it's, uh, it's male apart from the makeup artist that sometimes might be woman or sometimes might be, uh, transgender in my country. Mm-hmm. So, um, that really leave me question, how am I going to do if I want to be a director? The first time that I joined the crew, I was like, I want to have my film. I want to direct. I want to have this DOP. I started to like, you know, have imagination. And then from that day on, I work towards my goal, which is learning, learning until you, you're good at it and then finding opportunities and then make it your own. Yeah, make it your own. Like, for example, in my country, um, I know that I couldn't really produce any documentary that that I want to make it to show to to everyone, but I couldn't really show in in my country. Do you know what I mean? Like, they will ban, or then they will be they will like um, I don't know. They censor. could get you in trouble. <laughs> could get me in trouble. This is how it works. It needs to go out Thailand and then lots of people watch it and then people in Thailand will watch it. <laughs> it will travel mm, back. Mm, but it couldn't happen mm, first here. Yeah. Mm, so then um, mm. I make my own way like by knowing yourself, knowing your, your talent, knowing your skill and then also what is good for you, you know, which way to go. And once I, I know that, okay, my story needs to go out of Thailand and how am I going to learn how to do that? You know, I started by going to pitching uh, in the events and then pitching in the markets and then meet, you know, like uh, people in the under- industries so that uh, you learn more. Yeah. 
Mm. Wow. Ploy, it's always amazing to talk to you. And like I said, you're invited to come to Hot Dogs. <laughs> uh, and, and I hope, I know you are really working on this project, yeah. but I hope to see you in person soon. Yeah. It's always nice to hang out with you. And thank you for sharing so much of yourself and your story and for coming to the sanctuary today. Thanks very much for um, inviting me. I'm, I'm really honored to be on your show. And it's really inspiring. I love this kind of space, huh?